Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. All right, ladies, I have another great iTunes review of the week. This one is brought to you by Mojo on the Island, and it reads, I am almost 60 years old and have spent probably 50 years worrying about my weight. I just listened to one of Kim's podcasts and loved her advice and outlook. I wish I could have heard this years ago, but looking forward to listening to more and changing my attitude. Oh, Moy on the island, this is exactly why I do this podcast, because so many of us have been wrapped around the axle about diet and exercise for decades, and we are done. We are sick of it, and I am so grateful that you are able to find me, and I am grateful that I'm able to help you shift your mindset around what diet and exercise looks like for the the next best half of your life. So if you have listened to this podcast and you love what you are hearing, please do the same thing. Leave me a review. I absolutely love hearing them. I love reading them. And it just gives me that pat on the back that I am giving you what you need to hear. Now, if you're stuck with like, I don't know how to do this, I don't listen to iTunes, do me a favor, hit me up. I will definitely help you walk you through how you how to leave that review. So you can find me on Instagram at uh, Kim Jefferson Coach, or you can shoot me an email, hello at kimbarnesjefferson.com. All right, now on to today's episode. All right, Magic Maker, it's got another great episode for you today. So many of you will ask me questions um, in my DMs or in my Facebook groups, and you're like, I'm doing all the things and nothing seems to be changing. So I have 10 reasons why your body isn't changing and what you can do about it. All right, so let's just dig right in. So you're not doing enough. You know, I, I see both sides. I see Some of you are just doing it all, you know, multiple hours of cardio, working out, you know, lifting till you can't barely wash your hair the next day, or we're doing too much cardio and not enough lifting. So I want you to take a look at what does your week look like? And I want to talk about a, a typical week, not that week that like if everything lines up, if the kids are great, works great, I could do. I want you to look at what you can possibly do. So that way we start to come up with a bare minimum right? You decide what is your bare minimum for workout. And, you know, for my perfectionists out there, they're like, well, it's every day. Well, I'm going to tell you, screw that. It's not going to be every freaking day. Your come up with what works for you. I personally, I, I say three days a week. So I do a good, better, best. And I've talked about good, better, best in several other podcasts, but I'm like, Kim, what is my best week? If everything works out, how many times a week can I work out? And nine times out of 10, I'm hitting five workouts out of the week. Sometimes, you know, 
appointments, snow. I live in the Northeast appointments, snow, just random shit happens. I'm down to four days a week, but my bare minimum is three days a week. I know given between travel, life, so forth, I know I can easily find a way to get in at least three workouts every single week, but typically it works around around five. So I, I said that in my head that like, you know, every, every Sunday I sit down and I say, okay, okay, what's the week look like? When am I going to work out? Because when I don't create a plan, life's just going to life. And then you're going to be like, oh, I didn't get it done. And you're whining and complain, but you didn't put any energy to creating the week that you wanted to create. Second thing I used to, I used to do this. This was my, my calorie count was 400. If I did not hit 400 calories, it was not a workout. And I would be so pissed at myself. Are you struggling with belly fat no matter what you do? You feel like the belly fat just came on overnight and it just won't bud. You are sick of feeling like you're doing everything wrong when it comes to losing the belly fat. You've tried every diet, every workout out there, and nothing seems to get it to budge. I hear you. That was me. That's why I created Cracking the Belly Fat Code. In this workshop, I will teach you to create a routine about with your food and your workout that will work with your schedule and your belly fat, finally putting you on the path to kissing belly fat goodbye. So if you're ready to find a food and workout program that leaves you feeling satisfied and getting rid of that belly fat, make sure you hop on the wait list. This is coming later this spring, and I want to make sure you're the first person to know all about it. Grab the link in my show notes. So if you tell yourself that you have to hit a certain calorie amount or you have to work out a certain amount of time for that workout to count, I want you to stop doing that. And I've done a whole podcast about what uh, what makes a good workout. And there's four pieces that make a good workout. Am I breathing heavy? Do I, I'm not, when I say breaking a sweat, am I not like dripping sweat? It's like, do I feel like, you know, a little, little, a little moist? Is there burning in my muscles, right? If those three things happen, that can happen for me in 15 minutes. I want you to think about CrossFit athletes. The average CrossFit workout is probably no more than 20 minutes. And in that 20 minutes, they do a lot of volume of work in that 20 minutes. They get a lot of bang for their buck. And so for many of us, we're doing these, you know, 60, 90 minute, two hour type workouts. Great. But many of you don't have that kind of time anymore, or you don't want to make that kind of time. That was, that's me. I, I don't, I no longer want to make that kind of time. And if you have that time, rock on with your bad self. But if you tell yourself, oh, I can't work out today because I, I can't do a 90 minute workout. I, I, you know, here's where we kind of start to say to ourselves, okay, what could I get done in 30 minutes? Could I up the intensity of my workout? So if I'm normally reaching for the, you know, the 10, 15 pound weights, could I add up my, could I lift a little bit heavier and maybe my rep counts come, comes down? You know, could I do more sprinting on, uh, sprinting on the treadmill or sprinting in a group fitness room to get my heart rate going? Could I be doing jump squats? Could I be jumping rope? Can I be doing kettlebell swings? Right. So I want you to start to think about how can I increase the intensity of that workout if I have a short amount of time? The third thing I see, no rest days. I was guilty of that, My, you know, and 
and I, I did this. So everything I'm saying here are things I've actually done myself and things I've seen my clients do as well. No rest days. So I would not take a rest day or yoga was my rest day. Pilates was my rest day. That's not a rest day. I am talking about you are not doing bow diddly. You might go for a leisure walk, not a power walk, the leisure walk, like leisurely strolling, listen to a podcast, walking with a friend, but you're not trying to like pump my arms, get the heart rate up. You're just out there, just taking in nature, relaxing. Um, So schedule at least one to two days off. You know, every week I have the same two rest days. My rest day is on Tuesday and my other rest day is on Friday. So those are my two, those are my two rest days. Uh, Boundaries. You know, the fourth place is you have no boundaries. And I see it all the time. You know, I have a client who's like, oh my God, work, 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 work. You know, I I plan to go to the gym at noon, but uh, last minute meeting. I plan to do this, but uh, last minute meeting. And if that sounds like you, and I'm not knocking anyone's job, I know all of us have very different lives, but I want to ask you, you know, does work get in your way all the time? And so how can, if we, if you look at your week and you always try to fit in like a lunchtime workout and it's not, it hasn't been happening um, more, it doesn't happen more times than it does happen. We're, we're going to have to look at a different spot in your schedule or look at a way, different way to come at exercise. And I want you to think about how can I do that? Could I get up in the morning and work out before I get I go to work? And that was me. You know, when I had a corporate job, I would uh, try to work out at lunchtime. And inevitably, someone was like, oh, Kim, can you come into this meeting? And I'd be like, oh, of course. Like, you're like, you would roll your eyes, but you would do it because you kind of want to keep your job. Or working out at night. And I would just be like, you know, I would have a doozy of a day and be like, hell, hell no. And I would pass it on my couch with a bottle of wine and some cheese and crackers. So I started working out in the morning. And I remember at the time, the trainer I was working with, he's like, Kim, well, you know, what are you doing? You know, I, you know, typically I would get home from work around between like seven and eight and I would eat dinner and I would literally stay up till our 11 or 12. I wasn't carrying cancer. I was not coming up with how to find world peace. I couldn't tell you what I was doing. So he's like, set a bedtime and get your booty out of bed. And so, you know, for me, it, my first morning workouts started, I was getting to the gym at like 7 a.m. because, I, And I was getting up at 6 a.m. because I was like, you know what? I'm already working a more than eight-hour day. So I'm not going to try to get there at 9. So that's what it started. It started me going at 7. So start to think about, you know, many of you might have a little bit more of a hybrid schedule. So if you were able to have a more of a hybrid schedule and you're working from home, maybe you get up, maybe it's 15 minutes, maybe it's 20 minutes before you typically would get up. And you get in a little bit of a workout. And again, it might not look the way you think a workout could look, but it's a start. You know, something is better than nothing. You know, my friend Carrie always says, just start. Hashtag just start. And so let's just start to get some reps under our belt. Because when you start to feel really good, you start to really get into a groove, you get into a rhythm. Guess what? You are going to want to continue this. So instead of, you know, um, letting other people's boundaries get in your way, say, you know what, this is the boundary I'm going to create. I'm going to start working out in the morning. Or maybe say, you know, um, I had a woman who used to take my class and she was getting ready for her wedding. And she went to her boss and she said, look, 
she goes, I'm getting ready for a wedding here and I am going, I'm going to work out between 12 and one that like, unless it is like, you know, the building is on fire. There's no reason why I can't take this one hour out of all the hours that you have me for. So, you know, can you be that bold as Christy? <laughs> and if you can't be as bold as Christy, rock on with your bad, uh, rock on with your bad self. All right. The next one is you're always worrying about what you're eating. Is it too much? Is it not enough? Is it the healthiest thing? Is it the most organic thing? You know, here's where I'm just like, at this point, for many of you, the focus is consistency. What can you be consistent with? And I'm not asking you to be consistent through across all of your meals. You know, we, you know, many of us over 40, we grew up in diet culture and diet culture told us to be afraid of food. Diet culture told us that carbs sucked. Diet culture told us that fat sucked, sugar, uh, gluten, dairy, uh, you know, tomatoes. I, I, I just can't think of the multitude of things that diet culture told us that sucked. So here's where you decide what you can be consistent with. So instead of worrying about, is this a good food or a bad food? Is this the food that's vilified this week? Ask yourself this one question. What can I be consistent with? And so I always, I, I challenge my clients. I'm like, pick one meal, pick one meal and just nail that meal. And then once you feel comfortable, confident in that meal, we can build up from there. And I typically say, let's do it in 30 day, you know, sprints. So for me, every lunch, every day for lunch for the last, I don't know, eight plus years, I have a big ass salad. And that big ass salad is always has some form of protein in it, has a, a lettuce and uh, lettuce, cucumbers, beets, tomatoes. Every week I mix up the protein. I change it from a lettuce some weeks, some weeks is cabbage, some weeks is broccoli slaw, but that's the that's the meal I focused on nailing. Like every day, that's the meal I nail. Maybe for some of you, it's like nailing breakfast, and it's like you know whatever that it looks like for you. Or maybe your meal is is dinner. But here, instead of worrying about being afraid of food, let's start to focus in on what our meals actually look like. You know, uh, one of my clients. Uh, one of the she's been working with me for years and i love that just by me asking a different question i get to understand what the hell is going on so she loves pretzels and she's a pretzel junkie and i said well you know i'm not i'm not mad at pretzels i just want to like see like why do we why do you eat the amount of pretzels that you eat so we started talking and then come to find out she's not eating lunch she is a group fitness teacher. She teaches in the morning. She comes home for a couple hours and then heads back out to teach for the rest of the evening. And I said, well, we have lunch. And she's like, pretzels. And I was like, so you don't have lunch. She's like, oh, you're right. I don't have lunch. So we started coming up with, and she's like, well, I'm only home for like a couple hours. And I was like, okay, so that's the meal you're going to prep, right? You know, I'm not this person who lays out my meals and th those like little black Tupperwares and posts them on the gram. I, I used to be that meal prepper, but I just don't want to make that time. And I also see that it, it sets my, it gives my clients anxiety that they're like, ah, oh, I have to figure out everything. And then what if I don't like it? Then I end up wasting food, blah, 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 blah. I hear you. I'm not that person. I will never make you do that unless it brings you joy. I will never steal your joy. So what I recommend is that pick a meal that you're going to meal prep, something that is going to make your, your day faster. I've always meal prepped my lunch because I used to have a very similar schedule to her. 
I will grill my chicken on, I typically grill on Monday mornings. I don't know. It, I, Sunday night just started to become a little bit too much. So then I started grilling on Monday mornings and I was like, this works out fabulously. So I grill my chicken on Monday mornings. It typically lasts me Wednesday to Thursday. And then, you know, Thursday or Friday, I come up with something else for lunch. And it's usually like, you know, um, I double cook my dinner on Wednesday night or Thursday night to have have lunch. But that's how I that's that's how I started to create consistency for my lunch. So I want you to start to think about it, right? It doesn't have to be this overcomplicated thing. The easiest thing for anyone to make lunch: double cook dinner. That's it. Double cook your dinner. Triple cook your dinner. I, you know, sometimes I triple cook my dinner when I know that I'm going to be busy. Or typically, my husband cooks on Monday and Tuesday. He's traveling. And so I'm like, okay, when he travels, I know I'm going to double cook my dinner on Sunday night so that on Monday night when he typically cooks, I, I don't, I'm not coming home and I'm like eating everything that's not down, nailed down before I make my, uh, make my dinner. So start to, start to think about those little things. Um, the next thing is I see you eating the same thing over and over and over again, because you're afraid of food. And I I always encourage my clients to have variety. And the easiest way to have variety is if I were to eat seasonally. And so what does that look like? So, you know, um, if you Google what's in season, what's in season this month? And there's umpteen list out there that you can Google. And so I'm making this up because I didn't Google before the show. So let's just say in season right now is bananas, avocados, and grapes, and oranges. All right, let's just say that, okay? So those, there's probably more than that. So those are the, the fruits and vegetables I would focus on, right? So as a way to get variety. So then let's say, you know, summertime comes, what's in season? And you eat, and you eat those fruits and vegetables, right? That's the, one of the easiest ways to do variety. Another way to do variety is that, you know, like I told you, every every week I go to the grocery store and you don't physically have to go to the grocery store. There's Instacart, you know, a million other ways to get groceries to your house without you physically throwing crap into a cart. So one of the ways I do it is that, you know, we all buy, let's just say 60% of the things every single week we buy the same crap. So what I do for my salad, because I have that every single week. So one week I'm buying spinach. One week I'm buying red uh, red leaf lettuce. One week I'm buying uh, spinach. One week I'm buying romaine. So it's just like every week I just toss a different lettuce into the basket. Every week I toss a different uh, coriferous vegetable into the, the my cart. One week is broccoli slaw. It's red, it's red cabbage. It's green cabbage um it's carrots right so we just always something different in there um i always have olives because olives gives me makes me feel like it keeps me from like binging on salty things um but th that's and i change change the, the salad dressing I'm, I'm using and that's the variety i get because i always challenge people that when you have variety in your nutrition that variety keeps you from going off the deep end. You know, when I eat the same things over and over again, my my flavor profile remains the same. And whenever I introduce a new flavor profile, I go out to dinner 
and it's something new. It's just your body's like, what is this? Oh, well, this is fabulous. Give me more. But the more I give my my body different taste profiles, different feeling mouth feels, you know, crunchy, salty, savory, sweet. When I give my body all of those different things, my brain is not going to light up like Christmas Day because I've been eating the same boring, bland shit. And it's okay to season my food. You know, there's women who are like, I haven't used salt in decades. And I was like, why? Um, it has been proven that salt isn't the cause of high blood pressure. Sorry, not sorry. High blood pressure, a lot of it is inflammation. And many of us, especially if we're over 40, we have a lot of inflammation. So it's like really focusing in on eating anti-inflammatory foods. And salt is not the case increasing your water intake so that we can start to flush out some of the shit that's in your arteries that are making them constrictive. That's really pushing up your blood pressure. So have this conversation with your doctor that, you know, for instead of going completely salt-free, salt also is a electrolyte. So a lot of us need electrolytes to keep up with our hydration. Um, so add variety to your nutrition. You know, I, I've been, I've been coaching for like, I don't know, 15 years. And I, you know, I have several clients that they eat the same shit. And despite everything I say, they eat the same shit. And, and that's, and you know, it, it, it all comes down to individuality. And I feel that as a coach, I'm going to meet you where you are. And, you know, from time to time, you know, they do add in stuff. And when they do add in stuff, they're like, you know, Kim, you're kind of right. And I like, I don't want to rub it in your face, but sometimes I know shit. Um, so I, you know, I'm like, I'm going to meet you where you are. I'm like, and, you know, probably once a month, I'm like, hey, girl, so you've been having that kale salad for the last 10 years. Can we just change something in that kale salad? Add, can we add some feta cheese? Can we add some nuts? What can we do to just change just a little bit of that kale salad? And, you know, I, I don't want to disrupt their comfort zone too much, but I also know that it definitely will help them if we add just a scotch of variety to it. Um, you're not having any fun foods. You tell yourself, I can't have anything fun. And I, I recently uh, did a podcast and it'll be coming up soon with a woman uh, who talks about sugar. And I see these people. I went the whole 30 and I didn't have any sugar for 30 days. And I was like, so you're never going to have sugar ever again in your life or just had 30 days at the clip. Because if your kid makes you some some fucking brownies, are you not going to have any brownies, or are you just going to be like, you know, what what does that what does that teach your kid to, to fear food? You're not going to have a bite of her the brownie or he or she made that baked with you with love, you know. So here's where I am always about moderation, and you know, many of you if you've been listening for a while, you know that's my jam. I'm all about the moderation where it's like. Finding navigating that that middle, right? That middle can be messy, could be take a, a little bit to find. It can be a little messy. It can be a little uncomfortable. But it's like you know, we live in the world where we're either stuffed or we're satisfied. And many of us live closer. If you know, stuffed is ten and satisfied is one. Many of us live between five and seven. And I'm trying to get us to live between three and seven, right? So that we we have we have those moments because when I get to seven, I'm like, you know what? I know exactly what I did and I'm not going to do that anymore. So that we can easily turn up and turn down the volume in our food. Uh, I also feel like, you know, everyone should have at least one to two um, 
treat meals a week. And when I say meals, I'm not, this is not when you go buck wild. You know, I had a client who her husband outed her. She t- she would go to Chili's and she would order, um, they have like an appetizer sampler. So pretty much every appetizer they have, you will get it in one. She would order that and she would eat it there. She would get a cheeseburger and then she would bring, she would eat half of the appetizer appetizer platter there. She would get a cheeseburger. She would get an ice cream sundae and then she would bring that appetizer platter home and continue eating it. And so, you know, that's not a portion control. I would, I would, you know, if she wanted an appetizer, enjoy the appetizer. The platter, a little over the top. The cheeseburger, a little over the top. Then to come home and then continue nibbling on that. That's, you know, probably three plus thousand calories all within that one day. So what I say to you is, yes, go out and enjoy a meal, a meal, a meal without, you know, with, you know, keep in mind, like you're not having like, um, you're going for like the belly buster or you're eating some type of challenge food. You're like, you're going, you're having a meal you're, and you're not overly concerned with like, oh, could I have this on the side and that here? And No, you're just going out and having a meal, maybe a glass of wine, but you're keeping your portions um, in, in control. Um, I, I touched on this just, just before, but I'm going to talk about it again, radically removing oils, um, salts, uh, you know, and, you know, for a lot of people, yeah. One of the things I can say about oils is that I know that we just liberally pour it into the pan. We're cooking something and we literally pour in olive oil. We literally put it all, you know, liberally. That's the word I'm looking for. Liberally, you liberally put it all over the um, vegetables that you're roasting. Liberally put, put it in the pan. I'm asking that instead of completely removing it, unless you have some type of medical reason, we, we, us ladies over 40 need to have the good fat. Sex hormones are fat soluble. Okay. We need to have good fat. One, hormonal balance. Two, for anti-aging properties. Who wants to look like a hag? Not me. I'm vain. So good fat oils keeps your skin looking fabulous. I know all over the interwebs, they tell you collagen. Collagen's fabulous. However, double down on the good fat oils. Good fat oils are any oil with the exception, corn, soy, sunflower, safflower. Those are all highly processed products that were never meant to be oils. Okay. And if you want more information on that, do me a favor, uh, shoot me a DM and I will talk your ear off about the fabulousness of good fat. This one has been a pain in my rump shaker for decades, fasted cardio. When I was doing fitness competitions, I remember the um, the ha- really hardcore um, fitness coaches out there would be like, you must get up in the morning. And if you are not doing an hour of fasted cardio, you will never make your show. 
And I'm like, the fuck? Like, who are you to say that to somebody? How are you not going to make your show? Having the appetizer platter, cheeseburger, and then having the rest of the appetizer platter on the way home. That's not how you're going to make your show. Fasted cardio, There, there's been research. Fasted cardio is 100% bro science. And by bro science, I mean, in the gyms, everyone whisper, hey, if you do this, you're going to get that. If you do, And it's just been all whispered. Um, research has showed, and I'm all about like, I just want to Google that shit and be like, okay, is it just, you know, rumor and innuendo I heard at the gym or is it true stuff? And for me, I like truth. I mean, a good story is a good story. That's why I have Netflix. So Fasted Cardio, they have done research and it shows, so let me just rewind before I get to the point. Why people said Fasted Cardio. So they say Fasted Cardio because it will... With nothing in my stomach, my body has no choice but to tap into my stored stored fat. That's the theory. So what research has shown is that there is negligible fat that's tapped into with fasted cardio. It's it had, Nothing has ever really been shown that you've got this a massive massive fat release i mean you know if you're thinking about it you're like yeah that seems to make sense because like the body needs energy and then you have this all this stored fat waiting for you to go and that's not that's not technically what happens and so it's it's been a negligible amount of fasted cardio now with that said if you're someone who doesn't feel good having a lot of food in your stomach don't do it but it's not going to give you better air quoting, or results because I went into cardio fasted. Um, and lastly, chronic dieting. You can't always be on a diet. Bottom line, end of story, don't pass, go on, you know? You can't always be on a diet. There, you know, uh, one of the things I always teach my clients is that we all have phases, and, this, and I would call them the four phases of dieting. There's four phases of dieting, and it's all based on how your life is. Because if I'm always dieting, that my body is just always going to be like, we know exactly what you're doing to us. And we are going to be a stubborn toddler. So shut up. You know, the your body is going to be like, I am not giving you what you want. No matter how hard you push on me, I am just going to dig my heels in. And any of you who've had a toddler who's wanted something at a grocery store, you know that feeling when they just dig in and you're just like, if I left them here at the grocery store, is that like straight up jail or is that a talking to, right? So chronic dieting is go is, is going to be your downfall. Fall. So instead of chronic dieting, you know, a lot of things I work through with my clients is that I have them cycle through their nutrition so that depending on what's going on in your life. So if we have a season where we're like, you know what? I don't really have a lot going on this season. Then I'm like, great. We're going to eat more and we're going to exercise more. If there's a season where like, hey, I am just like running around crazy. I'm traveling a lot. Or uh, I have a client who is a tax, uh, uh, a, a tax. She does taxes. She's a CPA. She's a CPA. I have a client who, you know, her, her son is an elite basketball player and he's just always running around creation. So like, great. We're going to eat a little less and exercise a little less, right? Then we have like, hey, I'm going on vacation. Great. We're going to eat a little less and we're going to exercise a little more, getting you ready for your vacation. All right. We're going to get back it off. We're going to 
exercise a little less and eat a little bit more. So here, so it's, it's, we're always kind of cycling through, but it all depends on what's going on in your life. So this, and this is what with coaching and, or my coaching, this is how I work with you. But like with anything I've shared with you, you have, you have to give to get, you have to invest and put in the effort. Because if I kind of half-ass it, I'm going to get half-ass results. And then I'm going to be like, see, that didn't work. And I've been there before. But here's where, like, you just put your head down and you and you, and you double down. You're like, what can I do? You know, I've, I've, I've shared with you the 10 mistakes. And again, I'm, I'm, I want you to look at it and be like, all right, all right, okay. She's, she, she broke down a lot of stuff here. What is it that I can do? What can I do? And from there, I can then... Focus on that. Focus on that for 30 damn days and see what happens. And then I can I, I can move on from there. Okay. So with that said, you know, one of uh all of these are you know, we're gonna hit on some of these principles in a workshop that I'm doing. It's called the Belly Fat Code Workshop. And in that workshop, we are gonna talk all about, you know, what are the main causes of belly fat? How can you get rid of that belly fat because, you know, I gave the example of a toddler. That's sometimes what that belly fat feels like. And if that sounds like you, this is a great way to, and if you've never worked with a coach, if you've worked with a coach a long time ago and you're like, oh, I don't know, this is the first, best way to t- dip your toe it back into the coaching space. Um, the Belly Fat Code Workshop, it is a two-hour workshop and it is just going to be really simple and easy for you to better understand how to get rid of that belly fat, keep it off, and you're going to work walk away with an actionable plan that will help you uh, fight belly fat with foods that you actually love without feeling the need to deprive yourself. All right, ladies, enjoy the rest of your fabulous day. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.